Well, that was an unbelievable conversation with Erwin McManus. As promised, told you it would blow your mind and cause you to know and understand things that you probably never thought of or heard of before. So with that, let's open with Tay today. What did you take away from Erwin McManus? Man, what didn't I take away? I was like, I need to go read the book again. <laughs> it was just, I think so much good. And I think it was just so deep on so many different levels that uh, you, for me, I, I literally had to just write down pieces of some of the things that he's saying because you can literally just go down a rabbit trail with what he's saying and get lost in those thoughts and kind of miss some of the uh, things that he was saying. So I just kind of had a couple points that he said that really stuck out to me. And I think the first, uh, he said, it's our longing to reclaim who we are. And when he said that, I thought about uh, what Chad has spoke about before. He talked about the two stories uh, that we tell, the, the original story, which is the story that God has for us in the story. Our second story, which is what people uh, from my childhood, just culture in general, that, the story that they try to tell us. And I think many times uh, we have to literally, uh, literally, we talked about this before. I can't remember the guy who watched the video and he was talking about changing the narrative. And I think many times you have to change that narrative, narrative and stop believing the story that, you know, culture, society and everybody else has placed on you and really get in tune with uh, what God has said about you. And I think that goes into my second point, which was uh, find, int find, int find intimacy with God. Like you have to be intentional with that. You have to get to know him because I think once you get to know him, you get to know his personality, his personality, his character. You get to know who he is and how he, he's such a loving God. And I think for me, what uh, really just... Uh, like when I literally started my faith journey, like I've been in church all of my life, but I didn't start my journey to probably seven years ago. Uh, and I think what really just when just start reading the Bible and just reading from like Genesis all the way to Revelation. And the thing that that just couldn't get past my mind is like, why is he's always why was he always looking for a way to reach us? Like he it's almost like he never stopped seeking us. He never stopped like finding Well, he already had it set from the beginning, but he always created a new path to get to us. And I think that's what drew me to him because I thought about my story and I like just going to church like I knew God. I knew I didn't have a, a deep relationship with him. But every time I would look back at a point in my life and I get to like, what was that defining moment? And I always get back and that in that defining moment was I actually did something my family always told me to do. Just pray about it. And I think back to those times and it always came when I was like in such a, a, a bad situation that I prayed and he met me in that. So I think what I love most about that is like when you find intimacy with God, like it brings a change of heart, but it also brings a change of behavior. And I think for me, that's the most important part because me, I believe you repeat what you don't repair. If you keep like you, you can change your mind all, all day long, but if you don't change your behavior, you're going to get back into that same spot that you were before. And you're not going to learn the lesson that God wanted you to learn in that season. So that really stuck out for me. And the second was uh, when he said love validates our worth. And for me, I, I, I believe what well, I know God is love. So for me, like God validates my worth. My worth doesn't come from anything but him. So anything I do, I understand like it's, he's doing it for me. So for me, it's almost like giving him glory uh, for every single thing. Yeah, baby. She's got baby shark in here right now. So yeah. And, and just the last thing I shared, cause it was pretty, uh, just to be brief. Uh, I love when he said, Jesus is the trustworthy one. Uh, and I love that. Cause me, like I'm loyal personally, I'm loyal to Mark and Cindy, uh, not because they're just the CEO of our company, but I know the story. I know they was in the field. I know everything they went to to get to where they are now. 
I love Jesus. Everything that he said is written. It's in the Bible. Like, you can't disbelieve it. But what I may, mainly love most about him is, like, he actually lived out everything that he said. Like, for me, I just say he has street credibility. Like, he's been through everything that he was teaching us. So I think for me, when uh, one of my, personally, one of my favorite uh, parts of scripture that he said, and this is just what just keeps me just, while I love people, I love to celebrate people. If I'm in a season where I'm not winning, I celebrate the people who are winning. I love to just really just uh, uh, appreciate people. And this is the one scripture that really just about Jesus that showed me his humanity. He said, my time has not yet come, but he continued to show up. He continued to show up every single morning and play. He continued to be this. He continued to do everything he knew he was supposed to do, already knowing he was going to perform every single miracle that he was, you know, he could do. So for me, under him knowing his power, his worth, everything that he has, he had the humility to say, my time has not yet come, so I'm not going to do it out of pride. I'm not going to do it to get attention. I'm not going to do it because people want me to do it. I'm going to do it at a lot of time when God has called me to do it. So for me, understanding like God has already allotted me a time to be successful. God has already opened doors that I don't even know is open, but I have to understand it is a process. It is a journey. There's people along the way that are, are going to give me keys to open up those next doors. It's gonna give me the wisdom that I need for that next season. So understand like you can't shortcut the journey. You have to go through this season with the disciples. You have to deal with Peter who is loud and boisterous and wanna cut people's ear off. You have to deal with the Judases. You have to deal with each and every one of those disciples and understand like these are, these are relationships and things and, and lessons that you have to learn from these people so that you can show people like it's not just talking about scripture, but you also have to live it out. You have to deal with these people and you have to be able to teach in a way that not only are these people going to be changed by it and they're going to go on to change other people, but it's going to last for generations and generations to come. So for me, I think it was so good. And I think it was just so deep on so many different levels that I, I read this one book and I read my last Zoom that we did with him and I thought it was great. And I'm really interested uh, in his new book because I think he just brings such, a, like I say, it's like a, you just think differently about some of the things that, you know, we don't typically or think on a, a normal basis. So I think just so much good in this. And I just thank you for sharing this one. Notes on notes on notes. So let's go take some more notes based on what Chad has to talk about. Chad, what, what did you write down and what touched you? Well, I got 25 points. So if I could spend five minutes on each one, that'd be another two hours. And we just don't have that much time today. So I would, I would highly recommend everyone who heard this to go back, slow it down, really take notes and really let it sink in. Cause this one, I probably already text 50 people that I'm like, listen to this today. And, and a lot of these guys, I just haven't reached out to some of them for a year. And I feel that strongly about this information. So the fact you guys just got this today in your life, um, people go 90 years and don't get this quality of a download or a sewing into them. So don't let it just pass by you go back and, and, and don't just keep it for yourself either. Share this stuff with your spouse, share this stuff with your kids, share this stuff with anybody that you love. Um, so I'm just, there's a few that I highlighted a different color. So I'm going to kind of narrow down the 25 and just a few, cause we forsake a time. Um, I love, I love this point where he said, my relationship with God is to find out how much he loves me. See, that's an ongoing revelation because we cannot comprehend how deep and how wide and how strong God's love is for us. We just can't. We think of how much we love our, especially our children. I think most people love their children 
unconditionally. A lot of times our spouses come with conditions. You know, we're, it's, we're quick sometimes to get angry or frustrated and stuff with our spouses. But usually with our kids, you know, it's more, I feel like it's more unconditional. That might just be what I, where I'm at now. But uh, to, to relationship with God, to find out how much he loves us as we, as we understand, as we have the, the revelation of the deeper and deeper and deeper levels of love, I think it allows us to love better and to love more because we understand what it feels like to have it. So that was, that was like number eight. So I'm doing pretty good. I went straight to number eight, Joel. We're already a third of the way there, man. Um, I love when he's talking about confidence, you know, Ed Milet was talking about how he's kind of just become a confident guy. And Erwin says that confidence is actually constructed of two words, which means with faith and fear projects into the future in worst case scenario. And we get depressed when we lose hope and hope in the past equals regret and hope in the present is accomplishment. So hope really needs to live in the future. And I love that he just talked about that because I've got this picture and I always return to it a lot. And it just shows a guy with no shirt on and he opens up the closet and there's two shirts hanging there. One says faith and one says fear. And it literally boils down to that choice that we get to make every day of what we're going to put on that day. And it's a slow fade or it's a slow movement towards confidence. But either way, it's a choice. So if you find yourself right now very confident, congratulations, you made a lot of choices consistently to put on the shirt of faith. And if you find yourself scared and fearful and you know, the, the truth is, is that you've made that choice up to this point. And what should be very freeing for you today is that you can make a new choice. You can put on the shirt of faith today. And then a lot might not change just today. Put it on today. Put it on tomorrow. Put, put it on, put it on, put it on. And surround yourself with people who are going to sow faith into you and sow hope into you. And be aware of what people do to you. Because if you're around the Eeyore's, that are depressed, then eventually you're going to feel depressed because it's garbage in garbage out. So that's number 13. So we're halfway there, Joel. (laughs) Uh, uh, And then he said, you know, the most spiritual activity you can do is choose because we have to choose, like Tay said, to pray. We have to choose to listen to the sermon. We have to choose to get on here. I mean, for some of you, like, you, you were like, eh, maybe I'll get on, maybe I won't get on. I guarantee that you, fact, you've watched this right now. It changed the whole atmosphere of I mean, your whole entire house. Because when you go out of this, you're on going to be on fire, at least for a few hours, right? So it just, it's just, it just changes. Um, man, this is one that he talked about that I think drives me a little crazy. He just said, Christians are way too passive. You know, when they say they have an event and like half the room's empty, well, Everybody God wanted showed up today, or you're just a bad marketer, (laughs) right? A lot of times I think people are waiting on God, but what if God is waiting on us? I mean, we have to give him something to work with, right? He, He adds his super to our natural. If we don't offer our natural, there's nothing to add the super to. He adds the extra to our ordinary, but if we're not providing effort. I, I think back to that story. I think it's in second Kings four, four, maybe or four Kings two, two, one of two, but it's basically the story about, you know, to, to paraphrase the woman had lost her husband. She has kids. She owes money. She doesn't know what to do. She goes and asks Elijah, help me out. He says, go get, what do you have of value? She said, I got a little bit of oil. That's it. 
Well, we've all got a little bit of something. We've got a little bit of, of you know, our talents. We've got a little bit of treasure. We've got a little bit of imagination. We all have something to offer. And so she had a little oil and he said, well, go get all the jars you can. And so she went and gathered. It doesn't specify how many, you know, but it could have been all you can is different for each person, isn't it? For one of you listening on here, all you can might be 10. And another person, all you can might be fill the whole dang house to the ceiling and bring in thousands. The point is, is they, she offered and brought in what she thought she could. And guess what happened then? They started pouring the oil and the oil. When did it run out? It didn't run out until the last jar was full. See, she got to dictate the miracle that happened for her. And, you know, the story says there was enough to pay all of her bills and for her to live. So I love that story because that's just a great representation of we have a part to play. We have to do something. It's like the gardener, you know, it's like, look at this beautiful garden. The person was like, yeah, but remember without God, without the seasons and without the miracle of rain and without, you know, the, all, all the things that God brought, there would have been nothing. And the person said, yeah, but you should have seen this when God had it all to himself because you need the, you to go in and pull the weeds. You need you to add your love to it too. So we have a part to play. Um, man, last one I'll just say here, which is number 19. I won't even look at the rest because it's so late. We've gone so long. It's probably long as we've ever gone. But, you know, when is enough enough? That's a good question. Settling. Um, you know, I love that, that um, Ed said gifts are muscles. They're muscles. And when you quit using those muscles, they atrophy. And to me, that word atrophy just means I'm done. Lord, take me away. So for me in my house, enough, it's never enough is enough. I mean, how, when do you stop helping people? I love when John Maxwell would talk about his father because his father, you know, he, uh, I think he called it when he went into like the nursing home or the, the living for older, he started the church last chance for new hope or whatever, whatever it was called. And he's in there like strategizing in his nineties, how he could do podcasts, you know, and how he could do virtual. And a lot of people would listen that he just watch T watch lifetime TV and drift away, you know, go golfing once a week or whatever. But this dude was like, no, I still have time. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. As long as I'm breathing, I want to be useful. And, you know, my hope and desire for all of you is that as long as you're breathing, that you would continue just to reach out to God and say, God, why am I here? What part do I have to play in advancing your kingdom? And just let, just be useful, be available and just watch what God will do in your life, in you and through you. So I'll leave it there, Joel. Maybe uh, go live later and share all 25 points, but that'd be a long, long live. So good, man. Uh, I don't even know where to start on this. That that's kind of where I was. I was going through my notes, and the, and the one thing that I, I wanted to tie in because uh, the last couple episodes that we've gone through with different speakers is, is all conversations revolving around mental health because it's such a huge thing that's not talked about. So more and more people are stepping up and talking about it, and it was kind of the part with it where he started. Uh, because mental health is basically part of the human condition because we are the only species that lives outside of our intentions. You know, he basically went through and said, when we look at what other animals do, it's their inherent nature. It's what they are programmed for. It's their instinct. 
Well, humans are the only ones that are capable of going against their instincts, going against their intentions. You know, people intend to do good, but then they don't because they have the ability, like you said, Chad, to make the choice to choose. Uh, he was talking about phantom pain and how, you know, when people who have lost limbs uh, in their life, they sometimes have feeling of that limb. They, they, they know that they had that limb, so they have that feeling. They know what it was like. And he said the human condition is the way it is, and it is a phantom condition or a phantom pain of our soul because God had the world in a specific way. And we're constantly looking for that phantom pain of the way that he had it originally created. That's why we look for things and say, why isn't there world peace? You know, why isn't there justice? Why is there world hunger? Why would we even have those concepts if they weren't perfect before? That was mind blowing. Uh, he talks about, you know, 7 billion people are born and they constantly ask the question, why? And the question why isn't a survival question. It's a philosophical question. You know, inherently, we should be designed to ask the who, what, when, where, and how, because those are survival questions. Why doesn't ever give us any answers. And we were never taught to ask that question. But the first thing that kids normally end up asking is why? 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 Because it's a part of us trying to search and understand what God has for us. He said, when talking about love, he goes, we only want love, but the way to know love is to truly go out and love other people because that's how you will find love. God isn't supposed to be studied. He's supposed to be known. So when you're reading your Bible and, and you're trying to learn about God, well, there's a difference. You're, you're actually learning about yourself by spending time and knowing God. I love what he said. He goes, if the Bible is true in what it says about humanity, which when you read through it, that is a foundational truth that everybody agrees on. Scholars agree on it, whether they're Christians or not, that the things that it teaches about humanity are true. So if those things are true, then what it says about God is also true. I like this statement. If God's out there, he's doing just fine. It's me. I'm the one that needs help. I'm the one that should be searching after him. But what's amazing is God is constantly searching after us. Uh, when he starts talking about business, this was one of the great things about having confidence. He goes, the reason why you can have confidence in your business with your faith is because you know that your confidence in your business comes from the knowledge that God has great things in store for you and that he wants to bless the work that you do. So when you're going out and talking to people and sharing the opportunity with them, know that two things are happening. He's blessing you for going out and doing that. And he's also blessing them by giving them the opportunity to choose to change their life through this business. Walk in and through your business with God. Like he said, he goes, if, if you look at mass society as a whole that go to church, they go to church on Sunday and then Monday through Saturday, they kind of put God in a box. He goes, when you invite God into your business and to walk through your business Monday through Saturday, it's amazing the things that you're able to accomplish. You know, fear is the worst case scenario that happens in the future and faith is believing the best case scenario.
Um, I start a couple things that Chad already said, a couple things that Tay already said, but one of the most important things that we can understand is that we have an imagination and that we are creators. He said, we have the ability as human beings to imagine things that don't exist and then create it because we're all living in the imagination and the creation of somebody else. The things that you're doing are provided to you because somebody else somewhere along the time in history thought about it, brought it to pass. We're living in a free nation because a bunch of men left with the idea that we could create a free nation and live self-governed and not have to have one single person ruling over us. Uh, going on to the, the thought process, like Chad said, of passive Christians, this was absolutely mind-blowing in the way that he said this. Evil men don't wait on God to create the future. They just go out and do it. Sometimes people of faith are just too passive because they sit around and wait for God to create their future for them instead of just going out and doing what God says. You know, James says, you know, don't just hear the word and so deceive yourself. He says, go out and do what it says. Don't ever settle because that is where your genius starts to die. Finding out what your gifts are and using that to serve other people is one of the things that measures who you can become. Because the more that you serve people with what you've been given, the more that you will be given and the more people you'll be able to serve. That is the quandary of leadership. You think that you have a small group of people to lead. No, you, you want to grow that. You want to expound on that. You want to bring up leaders and create more leaders to lead more people if you have a small vision of what leadership looks like, get ready to expand it because God doesn't want to affect just a small group of people through you. He wants to do a big work through you. He said, we are terrified to try because we don't want to confirm the bad things that people have said about us. You thought about that with your business. Are you afraid to go out and go ruby, go emerald, go diamond, and do the things necessary to make that happen because you're afraid of the things that people have said about you and your business saying, oh, it's one of those things. Oh, you've never been good at anything, so you're not going to be good at this. Are you letting those things hold you back for where God has designed you to go out and do amazing things? He said, apathy is a life absence of passion. Are you passionate about what you're doing? If not, look at it and find the reason why you're doing it until it bubbles that passion over that you can't help but go and share it with other people. You will only know your real passion based on what you're willing to sacrifice to go out and attain it. And the last thing that I want to put in here was the thing with love and imagination. You know, when you have love and imagination combined together with action you can go out and change the world. Guys, we're so excited that you were able to come on, watch this with us today. There was so much in here. There was so much to unpack. Go back through, listen to it again. I know that every time you listen to this, you'll find something different that will touch you that you can share. Make sure that you share this. Make sure you share the podcast. Guys, go out and make it an awesome day. We'll see you here again next time.